The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Earlier this week, there was a new report from the Office of the City Auditor, and it recommended that the City of Edmonton. Um, take a really close look at the growing number of supervisor positions if it wants to cut spending. Um, And and we went over these numbers earlier this week, but uh, we're going to revisit them here again because uh, there was another meeting held today. So in case you forgot, since 2017, the workforce has grown each year and uh, supervisory full-time equivalent positions, uh, the audit says, have grown disproportionately high compared to non-supervisory full-time position. The review went on to say that over the past three years, middle manager positions within the city have increased by 22%, while the number of frontline supervisor positions had gone up 19%. And um, the report, as I mentioned, pointed to these positions, these supervisor roles as a potential target. That's that's one spot for the city if it wants to reduce costs. Um, but it said all the way around it would need to balance uh, a number of different considerations going down that route. And you have to remember because uh, union jobs, that sort of stuff... Um, and just, you know, how are they going to do this? And they're committed with, you know, they're, they're really trying to have no tax increase this year. So what does that look like? Um, I can tell you that um, this report, the initial one came out earlier this week or late last week. Um, the report itself was discussed today um, at the audit committee meeting and this is what mayor iveson had to say after that meeting good discussion at audit committee grateful to the city auditor for uh, taking a look at our workforce this is one of a series of audits that council has asked him to do Uh, and even before covid we wanted to make sure that uh, the workforce of the city of edmonton was the right size and the right productivity had the right accountability measures in place this is his first product and it indicates that uh, over time even as we have worked to bring the number of city employees down on a per capita at a basis over the last several years that our number of supervisors has uh, still increased. And so uh, after a really thorough discussion at council, um, uh, or pardon me, at audit committee, uh, Councillor Knack brought forward an excellent motion directing city staff uh, to look at reductions in uh, supervisors and therefore a change to the supervisor ratio. And of course that would uh, uh, involve some savings. And I also appreciate that uh, city administration confirmed Uh, publicly today that uh, their goal, which is my goal as well, is to achieve a 0% tax increase for this budget and that changes uh, to our workforce, including looking at supervisors, will have to be, uh, through these difficult times of COVID, one of the mechanisms uh, by which we'll get there uh, out of respect for the challenges uh, uh, homeowners and businesses uh, are facing uh, in light of the pandemic uh, and everyone's ability to pay bills. Uh, So this will be part of uh, accountability on on the issues raised in the audit will be part of the answer uh, to uh, how we get to a zero percent tax increase um, for 2021 budget. City Councillor, Ward 10 City Councillor Michael Walters joining me this afternoon, a member of the Audit and Finance Committee. Councillor Walters, welcome back to the show. Uh, Hey, thanks for having me. And I'm not actually on Audit Committee, just uh 
uh, exuberant observer of it and, uh, <laughs> and, and was uh, certainly there at the meeting this morning. But. Well, I, I will take exuberant um, uh, watcher any time. All right. So, Michael, give us an idea how, how this happened in the first place. Well, I think this is, uh, this is good news in a way in that our audit process is working well. You know, we have two employees at the city of Edmonton, of course, our city manager and our city auditor uh, that council uh, or that report directly to council. And so, you know, David Ewan has, has as usual, done an excellent job in, in showing us a pathway to efficiency and savings. And, you know, I think uh, like many people on council and in the public, it was alarming to find out the growth uh, in some ways in our in our management positions. And I think it's important for us to take action on what he's showing us and, and certainly look forward to the other audits that look over look at you know across the whole uh workforce uh for the city and be able to determine whether we have the right number of people doing the right number of things so again i guess the question is is though how did it happen or why did it happen do we know did we find out any more details on that right well i think it's as is everything it's always council's fault you know council has uh uh is always a, a group of collectively ambitious people who are asking uh, administration to do more and more things. Uh, so over time, you know, as the city has been growing very rapidly uh, population-wise and also in terms of ambition, uh, there's been a lot of challenges that council has directed administration, administration to try to face. And uh, certainly uh, these things happen in large organi- organizations. And, and I don't say that as an excuse. That's why we have the audit function in place uh, uh, so that we can catch them before they get to be too big of a problem. And, you know, I mm. this isn't too surprising to me. I've been saying for a couple of years now personally, along with other councillors, I know Councillor Knack has raised the issue and Councillor Cartmel has raised the issue of, of the size of our workforce and do we have too many people doing some of the wrong things or, or too many people even doing some of the right things. And um, I raised that budget last year that I, th- I think that our workforce is growing larger than other municip- municipalities across the country that are our size. And and many of us pressed for these audits and, and we're glad to know uh, what the challenges are. And now the job for us is to act on them as we get into budget yeah. later in the year. Yeah, and Council Walters, that's, you know, it's it's tough uh, as well. I mean, if you're talking about, you know, maybe job losses uh, still during a pandemic, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, the word balance has been used a lot when we've been talking about this, but I mean, it is going to be a tricky, tricky balance um, to, to do this, but people are watching and people are saying, okay, we need to get things under control um, and is under control, can under control be done without job losses with with just shifting well it is a it's a tough spot to be in for sure but you know i you know the city of edmonton isn't a job making factory it's a corporate (laughs) it's a municipal corporation to deliver services that enable a healthy economy and a good quality of life uh, for the citizens who who live here and who uh, own and operate businesses here and and if we have more employees than we need uh that's the tough that's the challenge is is to make sure that we're not uh taking more tax money from the citizens than we need to be uh and if there's more efficient ways to do things uh and if we're doing some of the wrong things and we need to stop doing certain things uh you know it's it's kind of like blood from a stone these days in terms of the taxpayer and and you know i'm I'm always, you know, I, you know me. I'm a, I'm 
a pretty balanced guy, and I, I want mm-hmm. us to, to take on big stuff and, and make the city an amazing place, but I think we also have to recognize when we can't afford to do that, uh, and we have to prioritize. Uh, so the, those are certainly tough questions that involve people's lives, and, and we have to treat everybody fairly and responsibly and compassionately, but ultimately, you know, we have to always, you know, it was stated today that, you know, we have to understand what work will be required. Uh, uh, how many people do we need to do that work? What kind of leadership is required right, required to support that work from a management perspective? Mm. And then anything above that is something that we can't afford. And that's the that's the job we have is to make tough decisions sometimes. But I I do want to say that one one thing that we did earlier this week, which you know didn't get maybe as much fanfare as I'd hoped it would, is our city plan. Uh, the biggest cost driver uh, in our budget over time is not our workforce, but it's the way we build the city. Mm-hmm. And we've become a fairly spread out, low density city over the past few decades, and that's very costly. And so I think this council needs to be commended uh, as much as criticized. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, we get criticized for ending up in the spot Lots. we're in with the middle <laughs> management challenge, but where we need to be commended is we have pushed a lot. Uh, more towards a more compact city, uh, denser suburban neighborhoods, more infill, more development in the core, and ultimately that's going to be much healthier for the city's financial state. Yeah, and you know what? We, we've talked about this uh, on the show uh, you know, earlier this week. Um, sorry about that. Um, and yeah, and I, I keep thinking... Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I keep thinking to myself, though, I mean, when we talk about more compact city and, and you know, infill and, and more dense in, you know, certain areas, I'm still not 100% sure, though, Michael, that that's what most Edmontonians want. I think Edmontonians, a lot of them, want their little piece of the pie. They want their nice little yard somewhere. They don't mind uh, living in the suburbs. Obviously, they don't because they keep moving there because we don't want to be jammed in. So how do you balance that? Well, I'm not. I'm not arguing against what people want, and you know we have Edmonton hasn't. The city has certainly put no, not very many barriers in the way to suburban development, and there's mm-hmm. you know a number of them being built today, uh, and more will be built in the future. So it's not really about that. But we also have to recognize that, you know, we talk about these like issues in isolation, like the. So if we were to, Councillor Nack's motion today was yeah. to look for administration to bring us back a couple scenarios at budget around 5% reduction in the level of management or a 10% reduction. Yeah. Um, and there's there's cost savings associated with each of those scenarios for sure. Um, but that's only a small piece of the pie, right? That doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it and we shouldn't be more efficient and we don't need, we obviously don't need more managers than we need. Uh, <laughs> but that's a small piece of the pie. So the, if we're really concerned about the fiscal sustainability of the city and having yeah. taxes as low as possible, we have to then accept uh, if, in fact, we crave and desire uh, a more suburban lifestyle, which, mind you, those neighborhoods are getting pretty dense uh, uh, <coughs> because of new density requirements anyhow. Uh, yeah. But if that's what we want, we're going to have to pay for it because it's just less efficient to have a, a more spread out city than it is to have a more compact one. So we have mm-hmm. to face that. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I look at uh, where I live, and I think the the closest fire hall is probably a 15, 20 minute drive away. And uh, you know, we don't have fire hydrants, we don't have uh, city water, we have septic, and we have a, a cistern. But I'm still considered city limits. But there's a new subdivision coming down the line within the next 10 years um, that is going to be packed right up to the doorstep. And again, you know, the question is, you know, what about the fire halls? What about the police stations? What about what about all of those things and and how do we continue to be able to afford that it's a really interesting conversation but that right. that plan was was fascinating to look at and and to go through and you know there's there's some folks out there michael though are like ah two million come on like let's worry about it when it gets to one million let's let's not look mm-hmm. that far down the road but we have to don't we right well because the major criticism i heard before i got on council is that those councils never planned for the future. They never planned ahead. <laughs> and you see about, like, let's use Twilliger Drive as, a, as an example. That yeah. thing's 20 years behind schedule. Um, yeah. not, not, maybe not behind schedule is not the right word, but it's 20 years too late. Like, we build all these neighborhoods that we don't provide yeah. sufficient infrastructure in time for the critical mass of people to live there. And then you have these large gaps where, you know, I've, you know, you, you've heard these stories, too, uh, where mm-hmm. people move into a neighborhood excited to send their kids to elementary school, but that that <laughs> yep. elementary school shows up about the time their kids are graduating from high school. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And we've gotten into this trap in Edmonton in the last 20 to 30 years where we're, we've allowed development to get way out in front of the required infrastructure to provide those people with a complete community. And then we're playing massive catch-up when interest rates are, well, interest rates are low. The cost of building these things are way more today than they would have been had we built them um, in and around the time of the neighborhood being originally opened up. Uh, So this is the challenge. So let's fill in what we got, use the infrastructure we have to create more efficiency. And for sure, when, if we have, and I've said this, like, if we have too many people working for the city of Edmonton, not doing the right things, or not doing it effectively, uh, getting the outcomes that people want, then we have yeah. tough choices to make. And it's not, I'm not just preaching compact city solves all our problems. There is no doubt um, a tough conversation that we're going to have with, with our uh, labor unions and employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is pre-COVID. This, this, this issue yeah. was not uh, a surprise to us before COVID even uh, was upon us. And now that it's here and our financial situations are even more dire, these conversations are going to be more serious. Before I let you go, I wanted to ask you uh, uh, your thoughts. I saw a, a list of uh, Indigenous names for the, the for the wards that the, the people worked on yesterday. They, they were released yesterday. Your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's an, an incredible thing, right? Um, yeah. You know, we've been a major um, participant in the truth and reconciliation work. Um, City of Edmonton hosted the last um, major uh, event, uh, TRC uh, witnessing event. Uh, in I believe it was in 2013, and I just think it's an incredible recognition of uh, our treaty, our treaty six territory, mm-hmm. our treaty spirit. You know, I know I'm going to get a lot of emails from people who are not <laughs> yeah. happy about it, but I, yeah. I I put on Twitter earlier for those people who are concerned. Uh, about the names or the complexity of the names or the difficulty pronouncing the names just to ask themselves where cars cost less. And, <laughs> and, and, our, uh, and what river is this city built around? And our capacity to uh, learn uh, in Edmonton, I have no doubt, is high. Uh, and even the, the name of my... So my ward gets split into two. 
yeah. uh, going into the next election. And, and I won't be running, as I've, I've stated. But You said, yep. But, you know, there's there's two really interesting names. And it's, you know, you know the word, it's Ipikoka Nipiutsia, and it's a Blackfoot name. Um, and then the north part of my former war ten is, is uh, Papasteo. Uh, these are... are are beautiful names uh, rooted in our indigenous history here. Uh, we have many languages that have been uh, given the honor of, uh, of having things named after them, and, and I think it's time for our first people to have that honor as well. And so I'm a, I'm a big supporter of it. And, you know, people are, are the numbers, I think the numbers will still be associated with the wards uh, in addition yes. to the names, and I think it's an excellent, excellent way forward. Yeah, we're hoping to have more on it uh, next week on the show. Michael, always great to talk with you. Have a fantastic weekend. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much. Yeah, take care now. That is uh, War 10 City Councillor Michael Walters.